Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Calvary Chapel Caldwell invites you to our community Easter services Saturday, April 8th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, April 9th at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Featuring the musical drama This Is Love, a free barbecue, candy, and bounce house for the kids. For more information, visit us at calvarycaldwell.com. We know that the flesh is very strong. And sometimes when we get tempted to do things, the temptation is very strong. But that's why it's so important to be filled with the Spirit that God gives you strength and that you're strong spiritually so you can resist temptation. See, the weak Christian who's not very strong has a propensity to give in to every temptation that comes their way. And I found that in my life. When I didn't know the Bible, and I didn't go to church very much, and I didn't pray to be filled with God's Spirit and His power, I gave in to every temptation that came my way. And when I began to realize that, you know, spiritual strength is just like physical strength. Physical strength does not come to you by accident. And that everybody's like, we're going to get fit, we're going to lose weight, we're going to work out, we're going to get strong. And here's the thing. That's not just going to happen because you feel like it's a good idea it takes a lot of effort and here's the thing it's painful and it's a lot of work and you know what you don't really want to do it but i know hey i'm going to get fit i'll be healthy and i feel better same too spiritually you need to exercise unto godliness the bible says if you want to be spiritually strong if you don't want to give in to every temptation that comes your way you got to strengthen yourself you got to exercise unto godliness you got to read the word you got to pray you got to worship you got to go to church you got to fellowship and you got to pray daily for god's power and his holy spirit to come in your life and here's what i found i found that when i started going to church and reading my bible and praying as much as i could i didn't give in to those temptations someone would come along and say hey do you want to go do this and i'd be like no, I don't need to. And you know why? It was because I was filled with the Spirit, and there was self-control now. And I didn't really understand it. I was like, I wonder why this is. I just, I feel good. I don't feel the need to go sin. Before, it was like, I got to sin all the time. It's like, right now, let's go. But when I was filled with the Spirit and filled with the Word of God, I just had this strength like, hey, you know what? I want to do what's right. I want to do what's good. And I have no need to go do evil things. And so it's important that Paul is teaching these young Christians. But here's the thing. So many people go to church in America And they think they know God's will. They think they know the Bible. And so many of them are living in sexual immorality, and they have no idea of what we just talked about. I mean, they're like, what? Sexual immorality? And isn't that something that somebody does who's really wicked and evil? But can't we just do whatever we want? No, that's not what it says. And so Paul is telling them in verse 5, don't allow the passion of lust to control your life like it does the non-Christian. So he says in verse 6, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about sexual immorality. And he's saying, so you shouldn't defraud your brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such. And he says, as we also forewarned you and testified. So verse 6, he's saying that if someone comes to church in order to take advantage of other people as it relates to sexual immorality, God is going to judge them. Now, what is that saying in basic terms? It's saying that, People shouldn't go to church to pick up on girls because God's going to judge you if you do. (laughs) And as I was reading this today, I was reminded of when I first became a Christian and a couple friends of mine, and these guys, I mean, they were heathens. They were party people. And I remember sitting in the very, very back row, and it was on a Sunday morning, and I remember the pastor saying, if you are here at church for any other reason to seek God, if you're here to pick up on girls, then leave right now. 
And my friend sitting next to me taps me on the leg. And I looked at him and I thought, I was like, no. I mean, I'm just thinking, are you an idiot? I mean, even if we did come to pick up on girls, if we get up right now, everybody's going to know. I mean, I, I might have been stupid, but I wasn't that dumb. I'm like, I mean, I was thinking, you, you can never come back if you do that. I mean, it's just like, but then I began to think after I was kind of getting over that, what people think of me, because, you know, that was like, well, I don't want them to think I'm here to pick up on chicks. And then I remember thinking, why am I here? And, and I remember when I first started going to church, all the girls hugged you, and it was like, well, this is pretty awesome. But I remember thinking, am I here to pick up on girls, or am I here to seek God? And the truth was, I mean, I wasn't there to pick up on girls, because I, I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't know what Christian girls were like. I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't know there was a difference between being sexually immoral and sexually pure. I just thought everybody was a heathen, just some people lied about it, and, and some people were open about it. I didn't really think that there were pure, honest people. And I think there are people who think that today. I think there are a lot of people that think you're all the same. Just some of you lie and connive and hide it, and the rest of you are open and honest. But the truth is, is that I had to decide in my heart, why am I going to church? And what am I doing here? And I remember it was just really good. And that was back before everybody got offended about everything. Because if I said that today, the church would be like, Pastor Bob, that offended. I mean, have you ever noticed that people get offended about everything now? I mean, you say, oh, that offended some people. Every talk show, radio show, TV, oh, we offended some people. It's like, when did everybody get offended about everything? I don't know. Anyway, the point is, is that for all of us, we need to think about, why do I come to church? Am I coming here to pick up on girls? Am I coming here to seek God? Why am I here? See, you should be coming to church because you want God to teach you his ways that you could experience his plans and his purposes in your life because at church we read God's word which gives us truth about who God is gives us truth about who we are and about what God wants us to do with life and so he goes on in verse 7 and he says for God did not call us to uncleanness but to holiness now what is uncleanness dirty filthy he's saying we don't live a dirty filthy life but we live a holy life and so he said therefore he who rejects this does not reject man but God who has also given us his Holy Spirit. So Paul had this expectation, even back then, that when he would teach these truths about sexual immorality, that there would be people in the church who would reject the Word of God. And Paul's saying, if you don't agree with what I'm teaching out of the Bible, then you're not rejecting Paul, you're rejecting God. And for me, the same thing. If you're here tonight, and all the scriptures that I read, if you disagree with them, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with the scriptures. You're disagreeing with God. You're saying, and you know, I don't mean to be offensive because everybody gets offended, but you're basically saying, I know more than God. I know more than the Bible does. I know that book's been around for a couple thousand years, and it's sold six billion copies, and, and it's changed people's lives, and man, it's, it's amazing prophetically and archaeologically and historically and transformative in people's lives, but I know more. I mean, that's what someone said if they say, I disagree with that. Now, some people might be offended by that and say, well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying what you said I disagree with. Well, here's what I love about modern technology. This projector up here, it's putting the verses up there. You can write them down. You can look them up. Everything I'm saying, it's nothing in me. I didn't make up any of this. I didn't write any of this. I'm just telling you what the Bible said, and I'm trying to help you understand it in a way that you can apply it to your life. And for me, whenever I read truth in the Scripture, and I'm just like you, Throughout my Christian journey, there have been times when I read Scripture and I've disagreed with it. I remember the first time I came to church and the pastor talked about abortion. And, and it was all about how it's all wrong. And I remember thinking, you know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And, and I remember disagreeing with it. But then, you know, he kind of looks at the Scriptures. And ultimately, I had to come to this place to say, okay, here's what the Bible says. Do I believe the Bible or do believe what I think? And that took me a long time to figure out that if I disagree with someone— 
Well, let's say that I disagree with you. Let's say that you tell me something about something, and I just say, well, I don't agree with you. Here's what I'm basically saying. I think I know more than you do because you think you know something, and I think I know something, and if I disagree with you, I'm thinking I know more than you do. Now, here's the thing. For me, I've come to learn that everybody's opinion ultimately gets put to the test in whether it's true or false. Well, how do you know that? By the kind of life that it produces. So if someone says to me, hey, you know what, Pastor Bob? I got these special oils. And if you drink this oil, you'll lose 50 pounds and you'll be able to jump up and dunk the ball when you play basketball. I'd be like, man, that's pretty awesome. I don't believe that that oil will do that. Oh yeah, we'll do it. No, I don't believe it. But ultimately we're going to put it to the test. I'm like, okay, how much does this stuff cost? It costs $200. Okay. And so let's say that I had $200 to waste and I give it, I drink it. And then it's like, I'm the same. I go play basketball. I jump one inch. It's like, this ain't true. Everything that someone tells you ultimately gets tested by what does it produce? I mean, is it true or is it false? Now, here's the thing that I love about the Bible. Jesus said in Luke 7:35, Jesus said, wisdom is justified by her children. What does that mean? Well, I love that verse because what Jesus was saying is that there were people in Jesus' day who disagreed with Jesus. See, they were religious people who went to church and they thought they knew the scriptures better than Jesus. And Jesus would teach something and they would say, no, you're wrong, Jesus. And Jesus said in Luke 7, 35, wisdom is justified by her children. In other words, the true test of wisdom is what kind of life it produces. You know, what's the outcome of that wisdom? When someone puts that into practice in their life, what does it prove? And what does it produce? And so if someone wants to give me advice about life, I want to see how it functions in their life first. See, when I had little kids, and if you have little kids, then there is no shortage of advice on how to raise them. And when my kids were little, four or five years old, and people give you advice, you know what I do? And here was always my question. And I didn't even know Luke 7, 35. But I knew this concept that wisdom is justified by our children. When someone gave me advice about their kids, after they got done giving me all their advice, I would say, oh, do you have kids? How old are they? And where are they? And what are they doing? Can I look at them? <laughs> and here's what I did. So I didn't even know Luke 7, 35, but in the church that I used to go to, I would see these people who had kids, and when those kids grew up, and I would look at their lives, and I'd say, you know what? I want my kids to be like that. Then I would say, hey, why don't you give me some advice? Now, other people would give me advice, and I would say, where are your kids? And like, oh, they're lighting the house on fire next door. <laughs> like, okay, well, never mind. I don't really want to hear what you have to say, because it's not really working, whatever you're saying. See, the truth is, is that ultimately, everybody's opinion, everybody's philosophy, it gets put to the test. If somebody's going to give you advice about your marriage, you want to say, hey, how's that working in your life? Somebody wants to give you advice on how to take care of your car, you want to look at their car. <laughs> how's your car doing, you know? And so here's the thing. I want to see what it's producing in somebody else's life when they give me advice about something. And here's the deal. In America, somehow our little American brains have been short-circuited that we can give advice on things that we don't even know anything about. <laughs> I mean, you just think about it. We all do it. And so if it is producing in a person's life faithfulness, kindness, peacefulness, joy, then when someone's talking to me about something, then I'm like, oh, that's what I want because that's what the Bible says what God wants for us. So I want that in my life. Now, if a person has given me advice on something and it's producing bitterness and anger and jadedness, and so you just think about this. When you think about morality, what is the loudest voice in our culture about sexual morality? About whether you could sleep around or men with men or women with women or whatever other options they dream up. What's the loudest voice? It's Hollywood. You know what the average 
long-lasting marriage in Hollywood is? I heard it on a Hollywood show. They said four years. If you are married for four years in Hollywood, that's a long time. Now, here's the deal. I don't want any advice from them (laughs) because I want to stay married longer than four years because it's it's torturous to get divorced. And so I thought, I don't want to hear that. And so for me, everything that somebody wants to give advice or opinion about, the proof's in the pudding. And so when I look at the scriptures, there's just many, many, many people who I look at who've been Christians. They follow God's word. They obey God's word. And you look at their life and it produces a great life. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell invites you to our community Easter services Saturday, April 8th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, April 9th at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. This special service will feature the musical drama, This is Love, reenacting the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everyone is invited to this community event that features a bounce house face painting, candy for the kids, free pizza before the Saturday service, and a free barbecue after each Sunday service. Free lattes and Italian sodas for all first-time visitors. For more information, visit us at calvarycaldwell.com. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will.